Hi, my name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands podcast. So I am so excited to be joined today on the Healthy Midlands podcast by Alicia Poole, my colleague (laughs) at Ebrook Osteopathy and Sports Clinic in Litchfield, but also Alicia runs her own clinic in Market Bosworth in Leicestershire called the Bodyworks Osteopathy. Alicia has been qualified since 2017 and is a really valuable part of our team here in Litchfield and I can't wait to talk today to Alicia about the pros and cons of diagnosis in patients. So Alicia, you're a big fan of a diagnosis. (laughs) Yes, well I am. Um, because obviously patients come to us and they want to know exactly what's going on and we want to be able to help them. But I guess then what we're going to be talking about, is it always a necessary thing or is it always a useful thing? Yeah, is it useful to know exactly what's going on in your body? So for some diseases, diagnosis is really important because it can put you onto a treatment pathway that's going to change the outcome of that disease, maybe like cancer or diabetes. We're talking a little bit more today about kind of aches and pains, the kind of regular things that are not life or limb threatening that you would see an osteopath or a physiotherapist for. So I think the first thing that we need to talk about, Alicia, like what is a diagnosis? Well, I guess if you're going to think about what exactly do you want out of a diagnosis, is it's grouping a group of people together um, who might have the same signs or symptoms and that could be to better understand what they are going to have as a likely outcome from the pain that they are having at that time. So a diagnosis is like a predictor of the future? Yes. Yeah. So if you are diagnosed with um, some kind of back pain or something, there are stats and sort of data to go along with that to tell you what you might expect to happen to you over the next few weeks and months in terms of your recovery, kind of given some different options as a treatment plan. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things about osteopathy, I think, that... um, is maybe a little bit more unique about osteopaths is that Mm. it is a system of diagnosis as well as treatment Mm. and that's quite um there's a lot of language that goes with that that's a bit foreign to the rest of the medical profession yeah definitely let's talk about that well I mean I guess you know like you were saying about um having for example a diagnosis of Um, like a liver problem for example then a doctor can exactly say you have got this and I think sometimes patients come in and they think that we're going to be able to say you have got this and this is what will happen and you will get better in this time so that obviously is what the diagnosis is for and often you know we we are able to give good time um, expansive when they're going to be better this is what you can do to help it etc but it's not as clear-cut as this is what you have got exactly, I don't yeah, think. because there's a lot of, you know, if you go kind of down um, a very regulated medical pathway, 
and maybe go and see the GP, you would get kind of like quite a diffuse diagnosis. They would say something like you've got um, non-specific mechanical lower back pain, and that would be something that had been set up within the NHS, kind of a term to do, to kind of describe people who have back pain that's not of a traumatic onset. So they haven't fallen down the stairs, or they haven't been in a car mm. crash. Um, but they, they, it's come on for some reason. We don't really know why. We don't really know what structure is causing it. Mm. Um, and it will go away in its own time, kind of maybe six weeks, have two weeks of anti-inflammatories, like yeah. um, maybe naproxen or diclofenac from the GP or ibuprofen from the pharmacist. Mm. Um, but then I think from what we were talking about just briefly before we started recording... Osteopaths go a little bit of a step further because we start looking at, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there with, we try to figure out, is it the facet joint? Is yeah. it the disc? Is it yeah. the muscle? Is it a ligament problem? And some patients really like that. I think they do, definitely. You know, they want to know, um, or they're interested in, oh, it's this exact level that's causing this um and and that is what you've got but i think over time maybe i've changed the way that i would describe things to patients so now um a lot of the patients you know they want to be well informed they want to know exactly what is going on so i find that having the skeleton in the rooms like we've got here as well um you you kind of like pointing to it so they get familiar with it because they might have either had an MRI scan and they've been told this this and this and they're thinking oh gosh what is that that sounds awful yeah and it turns into a real catastrophe for them doesn't Mm -hmm. it because definitely I think especially with the spine it's a part of the body that nobody like because it's so deep within your body if someone said to you um draw a skeleton yeah. You could do the skull, you could probably do some arm bones, maybe a bit of a rib cage, mm. although I don't think sometimes we're very good at visualising the rib cage in 3D. And then it would come to the spine and like people are are kind of kind of almost perplexed sometimes when you pull the plastic yeah. skeleton over. Yeah. They're like, look, this is the this is the chunky part of your spine at the front, this is the disc, these mm. are the small joints at the back and they help you move. And I think knowledge like that for patients is definitely very powerful in recovery because they can visualize what's happening inside their spine and what how it's going to work for them and how it's going to recover yeah but then you get these patients who maybe have had an MRI maybe 10 years ago and they're still fixated on that um imagery maybe or something that a consultant has said and said you know oh this is what it is and they've maybe catastrophized it in their head to something that maybe it actually isn't and it's not even there anymore so yeah. you get that kind of fear surrounding it and then <clears throat> obviously every practitioner says something in a different way so if they've maybe been to see another practitioner previously yeah. and it described as something being out of place for example oh, then yeah. they would become so scared to even move maybe because they don't want something to go out of place again. And this crazy cycle then of not moving, not using their muscles, and they're in more and more pain. And that's definitely happened to me where I've seen a patient come into clinic and they've been told previously by uh, another manual practitioner, physio, chiropractor, osteopath, it doesn't really matter who tells it to them. If they're in a position of trust and in a position of you know authority in a in a medical relationship with a patient and they say that your pelvis is twisted Mm, or your disc has slipped 
and a patient would take that and that would be their mantra for yeah. for maybe forever and they'd still think that if they even get a bit of pain they go oh my disc has slipped again and you know it can be really damaging to think that can't yeah. it yeah and the the crazy thing is i mean i did i got some kind of quite specific um statistics here from when i was researching <laughs> a little bit earlier on and one paper that i looked at said that at least half of disc bulges reabsorb on their own eventually yeah. anyway so you might have a patient sat in front of you that's just so fearful of moving that their body is seized up and every time they do try and move a little bit further maybe they're like emptying the dishwasher mm, or yeah. something they get this kind of reactionary muscle tightness they feel it and immediately they think oh my god that's it that's it and it's going to happen again and then you would guard your whole body you'd you'd avoid things and you you'd just be stuck in this constant cycle of thinking i can't do that i can't do that and and if that's things that are like your hobbies as well and you're thinking no i shouldn't do that because either i've been told i shouldn't do it mm -hmm. or i'm scared that something will happen when I do that, then that's going to have a massive impact on the rest of your life as well. And you don't want to be stuck in that cycle. Yeah, a massive impact on your mental health as mm, well. Yeah, hugely. So that's, I mean, one of the things that can happen when a patient receives a diagnosis like a disc bulge or um, arthritis or something like that is that they can take it to heart and it can almost become part of their personality. Yeah, and it's it's being labelled isn't it and if you've got that label some people would think okay great that's fine I know what that is I've been told what I can do I'm going to do it and move on but some people might have that label and think oh my gosh I've got that now and how do I move on from that it's hard to move on with your life and with the pain that you're feeling because of that label maybe yeah and to and to become more than it as well mm. um and 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 i think that kind of opens the door on is it always the best thing let's say you've had back pain for for four weeks and it's pretty steady it's not getting any worse but it's not got any better mm. is that time for an mri well i wouldn't say so not at that point because well i mean i guess the nhs is moving a lot away from We'll give you an MRI. You know, you've got the whole um, protocol that you've got to go through before you get an MRI scan. And I think actually some people don't realise that, you know, they're frustrated that they can't see the physio or they get a, a telephone appointment. But actually all these things are dif different screening barriers. And I think that doctors, um, physios within the NHS are definitely thinking the same thing, that they don't want people to get too fixated on this is what I've got. Yeah, it's such a double-edged sword, isn't it? So, And then that's the other statistic that I pulled, was that if you took a, a group of normal people who do not have back pain and you MRI'd them, mm. if that group of people was in their 20s, 37% of them would have some evidence of disc bulge on MRI. Yeah. And that increases steadily until you're in your 80s. And in that population, 84% yeah, of people will have disc bulges, evidence of that on yeah. an MRI. But 84% of them are not in pain. Yeah. So we now know that there, there really isn't a strong link between do you have a disc bulge and do you have back pain. Mm. But if you're that person who has got back pain and you're sent for an MRI and you see on it that there are disc mm. bulges... Yeah. That is evidence then, in your mind at least, that that's what's causing your yeah. back pain. It's, it's 
cause and effect, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There could be no other, you know, in, in that patient's mind then, there could be no other cause for their yeah. back pain because they've had pain, they got sent for a scan, and then it showed something was, you know, quote-unquote wrong in their spine. Yeah, and if you kind of skip the middle step of maybe going to see somebody like an osteopath, for example, who would be able to assess it in a different way and look at what you're doing in your life that might be impacting you in, you know, mentally or physically, um, emotionally, all those kind of different factors that actually, if you've gone straight to the MRI scan and then you see that, then you'd only be thinking, right, I've got to fix that. But actually that might not need to be fixed and you actually need to look at all the other aspects of your life in order to help you recover from your pain yeah absolutely but it just uh, it happens in that split moment doesn't it when you get the result from the MRI scan some patients are gonna think that's terrible I'm defined by it forever and other patients are gonna think right this is time to change I don't know it's just so difficult isn't it and I think that sometimes it really depends on an individual's personality and how yeah, they're going to take it. Definitely. Some people would look at the way that the the system is built for back pain patients at the moment and say, if I if I have to, if my back pain has to get worse before I get an MRI, mm. they kind of subconsciously yeah. end up making it worse, mm. or or kind of none of the interventions that you try in the meantime, whether that's manual therapy or um, painkillers or exercises, yeah, don't work but then it's just so difficult isn't it but that's I mean that is part and parcel of our job then isn't yeah. it to identify what patients need what kind of explanations and information Definitely. yeah you can assess you know how is that person going to react to that information is that something that's going to help them get better or actually is that going to make it worse and I think that's the benefit of the time that we have with people like if you get a patient that comes in and says um, oh, I went to see this person and um, they told me I've got this and, and then they get really upset about it. Well, actually, it's not really a, a fault of that person. It's just the time that they've had. You don't have time to explain it to someone, to comfort them, to do all those different things that they might want or need. But yes. we have got that time. Yeah, an osteopathy appointment really is quite long isn't it yeah yeah yeah, it is really I mean you know you're probably looking at what 60 minutes for your initial appointment that's a long time to be able to talk through what is going on in their life you know Mm. obviously not digging into every single aspect but um you know what are their daily activities what do they enjoy doing and when and then focusing a little bit more on when do you feel the pain and, and trying to get down to it and I don't know about you but when you're sitting down talking to them at first you're thinking, okay, yeah, I've got a good good idea here. Then you get the line down and everything comes out. They yeah. start telling you everything. And you think, well, where was all this in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I, read a, I read an article the other day and it was saying something about relationship building with um, kind of medical relationship building, so between practitioners and patients. And they said that, it takes something like seven hours of talking with somebody mm. for them to really trust you. Yeah. And you think that sometimes, I mean, if you're going for a, a, a like quite a, a non-conservative treatment yeah. option, like a back surgery, yeah. you might have seven minutes yeah. with a consultant it's to crazy, talk about a decision that's really, really big. Mm. And I think, you know, like seven hours is... 
you know, I mean, that, I would say that's probably an average treatment program for a back pain patient. In for me, if I yeah. had someone come in and they had had back pain for kind of a, a decent period of time, maybe six weeks, seven or eight appointments, bang on, yeah, wicked, yeah. And I, I think that maybe the two things, maybe those two facts are linked. Maybe it takes them that amount of because I don't think that you know, like, or oh, maybe if I started a timer and I I loosened out somebody's quadratus lumborum muscle for seven hours straight <laughs> yeah. from start to finish yeah. would they stand up and feel miraculously cured i don't think no, so i, I think don't think so there's a lot more nuance than that it is it? a lot of holding space for a patient to to kind of talk about how they feel about their pain as well yeah because um you know like after a while especially for long-term back pain um they need to trust you don't they yeah i mean that's the thing when when they come in and you going back to the diagnosis you give them that diagnosis they are looking at you as a professional and thinking um you know we might have read reviews or someone's told them about um the clinic or that individual practitioner and they're thinking yeah i want to go and see that person because there's something that's just clicked between the two of you and and then there's that trust there and then you can start building it so you know quickly that that seven hours i think can be brought down in in a lot of circumstances you know in the first hour appointment you know some people will go out and think yeah it feels like I've been going there for a really long time you know like good rapport building yeah yeah and then they're going to trust the diagnosis they're going to trust the things that you say this is how we're going to get you better this is what you need to do this is what I'm going to do um and it's a lot easier when you've got that time yeah but that's, I mean, it all kind of boils down really, doesn't it, to diagnose, a diagnosis is a very powerful thing mm, and has is. ultimately massive potential to shape somebody's attitude to their condition, their yeah. recovery and their choices of treatment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and it's how they want to proceed forwards then, isn't it? You know, if, if they trust you, then they're going to be more likely to do those things because they think it's, it's going to help me. And you know, even if it's a small thing like just a few exercises to begin with, then if you can get somebody into that routine and that rhythm of doing it, it's not going to help their back pain. It's going to help all of the other aspects of their life. It's going to help um, with the motivation and everything. And that's going to help them make them feel better. So yeah. all of a sudden the, the diagnosis is not like a one dimensional thing anymore. It's not like, oh, you've got this. It's okay. Well, this is what we think that you've got this is um you know how we describe it almost like a story maybe you yeah. know that bit's affecting that bit and then that bit is affecting that bit and that is why you know this part of your pain is here if you do this and this and this and this is how it will start off to help you but having that kind of that good diagnosis that good explanation and then that kind of gives puts the patient into the into that kind of correct narrative for mm. building on it and yeah. building positive change onto it yeah. as well. And, and extra things, you know, not just in the clinic, going to see um, other practitioners, you know, starting Pilates, starting yoga, starting swimming and making yeah. them want to do more. Yeah, drinking a bit of water, yeah. getting a better night's sleep, <laughs> yeah. just taking care of themselves. And then suddenly you're not just you know Suzanne with arthritis yeah <laughs> you're like Suzanne who plays tennis yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and you're you're doing those things and you know that it's making you better and you living a more fulfilled life really 
And we can't ask for any more than no. that. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, well, thank having you for having me. A real rounded chat about the powers of diagnosis, Alicia. <laughs> so, if you are interested in finding out more about Alicia and you are in either South Staffordshire or Leicestershire, <laughs> um, check out our website, ebracosteopathy.co.uk, to see Alicia in Litchfield or the Bodyworks Osteopathy. Um, .co.uk in Market Bosworth yeah. in Leicestershire thanks so much Alicia thank you <laughs>Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands.